Hello and welcome to an Emergency Eric Condra episode of the Cosper Pointcast. I'm your host, Trevor Shackles. With me today is fellow Silver Seven Sins writer and first-time guest, Colin Cudmore. Colin, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Trevor? Not too bad. I'm, uh, I'm happy to have, have you on on this emergency episode of the podcast, uh, as we're going to be talking about literally just one thing today, and uh, that is, of course, the Matt Duchesne trade. Um, there, there's tons to get to, and we'll probably forget some of our points. Um, but should we just get into it? Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, so firstly, let's just start with comparing Kyle Turris uh, to Matt Duchesne. What are your thoughts on that, on the Turris going out and Duchesne coming in? Well, if you look at the stats and you kind of just look at their playing style in general, I find that they're very um, comparable players. Um, they're, they're both very offensive. Um, if, if you look even at like passing data, um, they're, they're very similar in, uh, in their types of categories that really stand out. Um, yeah, but uh, um, Duchesne... He's known, he's known more as a scorer. You see him put up more points. Although, um, yeah, just in the last few seasons, they've been putting up both um, around 50, 50 to 60 points, and it's kind of similar, I find. Right, and I think um, they're definitely comparable players. Um, I, I do think that Duchesne is a better player. I don't think anyone would really argue otherwise. Um, yeah, for sure. And an interesting point that I've seen on Twitter um, in the last 24 hours is that the last few seasons, they have been pretty much neck and neck in terms of point production, but Duchesne's been on an, a god-awful Avalanche team, and I believe he, I think he only had 41 points last year, but that was on an Avalanche team that had 48 points in the season, so you really don't know how much of that poor play from Duchesne is due to just how horrendous of a team the Avalanche were, whereas some of the seasons that Turris um, played you know, since 2013-14, those were on a lot better Senators team. So that's kind of like his ceiling, whereas the last few seasons were kind of Duchesne's uh, floor, I guess you could say. Uh, and he has reached 70 points before, um, just the one time. But I, I think with Ottawa, he can kind of be that 60-point player who is probably slightly better defensively. Yeah. You also have to think of their line mates as well. Turris has been playing top-line center in Ottawa for a few years now, whereas Duchesne, yeah. in the last few years, he's been relegated because of Nathan McKinnon's emergence in Colorado. So uh, he, he's, he hasn't had the benefit of the doubt when it comes to line mates, um, whereas Turris has been playing consistently with uh, guys like Stone and Hoffman, who, who can definitely help, help out with that point production. Definitely. And I think it's also important to note that Duchesne is two years younger, and that's not insignificant at uh, at these guys' points in their career. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so obviously this is one of the biggest trades in a long time, just considering that three-way trades are extremely rare. Like, I don't even remember the last uh, three-way trade there actually was in the NHL. Um, but who do you think got the best value out of those three teams, or these three teams involved? If you look at the return for each team, uh, Ottawa got Duchesne, Nashville got Turris, but then you see Colorado with just their massive package, and it's, it's kind of hard not to say Colorado came out that uh, came out of that trade as the winner. Um, they just got so many prospects; they got exactly what they needed. Uh, Samuel Girard is looking like looking to be a, a potential top pair defenseman in just a couple years. Um, so, you, you, along with all the picks that they got as well, it's just an incredible, um, almost mind-boggling amount of value that. Uh, Joe Sackwick was able to get out of 
just the one player. I was a bit surprised to see that, um, considering Duchesne was on the block for, what, almost two years now, a year and a half, um, yeah. that he actually got that many pieces. Um, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, all this time he was looking after, or like he wanted a guy like Thomas Shabbat. Um, now Samuel Girard is definitely a solid prospect, um, but I, I don't think he, he got that kind of really top, top prospect that he wanted. But at the same time, like getting a first round pick, second round, third, second round pick, third round pick, and, um, you know, two pretty good prospects and one prospect in Bowers who is, you know, meh. Um, and then obviously uh, Hammond, I guess. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty good haul um, considering where Sackick put himself into. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the combination of, of Girard, Kamenev, um, Bowers. If if one of those guys like really hits, um, plus one of the, plus the first round pick as well, or two of those guys hit, it's 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 it's, it's it could be even that could just be considered an overall win for Colorado if they get uh, a top pair defenseman out of that. Definitely. Or yeah. And I think that an interesting um, parallel is the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Uh, I remember at the time. I thought, you know, that was, okay, that, that's decent value. Like, if, if Nikita Zadorov had turned out to be a good defenseman, you know, that could have been a good trade, but he didn't work out. Gregorenko didn't work out. Um, I'm not, I haven't really followed up on JT Comfer, but, I mean, he was a solid prospect at the time. Um, so there's definitely more risk with the Avalanche because none of these guys are, are surefire things. Um, but I guess if you want to look at just pure value, they probably got the most um, what do you think about it from the Predators' perspective, though? Well, you look at Nashville's center depth now, and it, it's just amazing the, the forward depth that they've acquired. Yeah, like they're just coming off of their of their run to Stanley Cup finals. There's so much pressure on them to um, to return and have a, another massive playoffs. So, like they they lost. Yeah. So, like the center depth was an issue for them going into the off season. They they sort of fixed that by acquiring Nick Benino, but it's uh they still needed that extra um center to play in their top six and, and they just got exactly that in tourists right it, I, I tweeted out um just a few hours ago it's amazing that poyle has been able to get um so many good players via trade in the last few years pk suban philip forsberg ryan johansson and now uh kyle turris and he did that without hurting his nhl roster so i, I think overall um you could definitely say it was a win for every single franchise involved right because um i guess we can focus on the ottawa perspective of it now because they're a better team right now um but i guess we can get into um let, let's get into what they gave up what are you what are your thoughts on on that that package besides tourists so I, I think lots of this comes down to um what you think the difference is between duchene and tourists right. although although if you if you considering the very comparable, I think that they end up giving a bit, a bit too much. I mean Bowers. I guess we could start with Bowers. Um, he he was their twenty eighth overall pick, um, and you 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 sort of expect um, maybe a bit more from a twenty eighth overall pick. Although if you look, he's he was considered the safe pick. His comparable was Taylor Pyatt at the uh, draft. <laughs> yeah, that's not really yeah what you'd hope for in a, in a first round pick. Although uh, it's still really early, he's still only 18 years old. There's still um, time left. Like as you said before, it's it's really a gamble 
um, Vicaro when it comes to um, taking prospects. But um, his uh, first 10 games in Boston University um, haven't really been the most outstanding so far. Uh, six points in 10 games. Um, again, you might want to hope for a bit more. He's just kind of projected as like a third or fourth line center. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what that's kind of what Colorado's getting in Bowers. There's nothing too um, flashy, like like you would uh, ex- like you would maybe hope for. Right. But, uh, yeah. A, a big thing in is that they keep um, their their big top prospects in Colin White and Thomas Shabbat. And that's something that was really circling around for a while. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that Dorian was able to uh, get Bowers in there instead because there definitely is a sizable uh, difference between their ceilings. Definitely. And I think if you... There's a real danger in looking at this trade in a vacuum because you definitely could say... See, I, I find this, this trade very fascinating just because I, I'm defending people who say it's great and that Duchesne is really good, but I'm also defending people who are saying that they gave up a lot, and I know you're you're saying that they gave up a lot, so I'm, I am defending you. But also, um, if you if you paint this trade as you know they were going to lose Turris anyway, and they had to recoup some value, and they had to still stay competitive for this season, you know they upgraded in getting Matt Duchesne, and they did that without having to sacrifice a real top prospect. Um, so if you look at it that way, it's, I don't know, it's actually a pretty solid move, I think. Yeah. And Ottawa has the depth of the prospect pool to be able to pull this off as well. Yeah. Which is something, which is something they've lacked for a long time. And so now that they have this, they can use it just using their assets to, um, to go out there and and gain some flexibility on the trade market. And it's, it really helped them in this deal. Right. And I, I think, um, I think we both agreed that, we weren't like huge fans of giving up that first and third round pick um, just because they have given away a lot of picks recently. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like they are lottery picks. And I guess if you want to focus on the now, it makes them better now. And, you know, last draft, um, they only had, did they have four picks or five picks? They had, they had their four picks in the last yeah. draft. And, you know, at first it didn't seem like that great, but, you know, Alex Fermentin's playing really well. Drake Batherson is killing it in the queue. So you really never know. Like, even if you have a small amount of picks, it might not be the end of the world. It's just, I I don't love giving up those picks, but I I think I can deal with it. It's fine. Yeah. So Ottawa, from 2016 to 2017, they've only traded nine players, and two of them have been traded now in Dallin and and, and, uh, Shane Bowers. So yeah. <laughs> y- 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 you can tell how the, the effect it will start to be felt in a couple years once, that, um, once all the big uh, prospects have started making the jump. Yeah, and that's, that's always the fear. Um, I will note one interesting thing, though. Um, it, it's definitely um, a case of that third-round pick being... Sorry, that is worded very poorly. But um, that third-round pick is pretty much for Colorado taking Andrew Hammond's contract, which is an extremely Ottawa Senators thing to do. Yeah, very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Is there, any, is there anything more about that trade you wanted to, to, to touch on? Like, I mean, we'll talk about more, um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, but is there anything um, interesting you wanted to note about any of the teams, what they got? 
I think the big thing here is looking at what Ottawa got and thinking of the position that they're in right now and just thinking from what they gave up, is it worth it to improve their position right now? And I think this is this is where lots of people um, start to really like the trade is that um, this is the time for the Sens to go, you know, hashtag all in. <laughs> so, right. uh, Eric Carlson's in his prime. Um, we, we, we already have uh, Mark Stone and uh, Mike Hoffman and we, we have we have the depth, and we showed that with the playoff run last year. And so um, it is really Ottawa just making a move to really go for it. And sure, they gave up a lot in the process, but um, if, if that can get another deep playoff run, maybe even better than it was last year, then maybe this would be all worth it. Right. And, and I mean, I kind of wanted to touch on um, what this trade means for the team now, and, and you... Um, kind of started on it there, and it's definitely true that Dorian knows that uh, you know the, the window for the team is now. Um, you got to pay Stone after this season. You got to pay Carlson um, in the 2018 summer by the latest. Um, so you know that's going to eat up a lot, a lot of their uh, their cap space, and you know he's he's pretty much extending their window they have their top two centers now for the next two seasons rather than just this season so yeah, yeah I, like i said before i think it's uh it, it's pretty incredible that you know if you wanted to trade duchene or sorry if you wanted to trade Turris, it would have been pretty hard to not get a downgrade at center right like yeah. When people sure. were talking about trading tourists, it was, you know, for maybe like a, a prospect and a first or something. Nobody was talking about getting a, a center back that was actually better than tourists. So, yeah. um, at least for this season, the team is better. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I remember uh, about a year ago, you wrote an article about how um, 2017, 27, and 2018, that this is the Ottawa's uh, season to really go. Um, like all in, yeah, uh, and yeah, they're really just extending that by another year. Um, a big reason is I remember is that um, Tom Shabbat and Colin White would be making the jump. Obviously, that's been a bit delayed now. Although, if you if you look at what the roster can potentially look like in 2018-2019, uh, uh, having Shabbat and White a year older, um, and and then we don't have to worry about uh, the tourist extension uh, anymore. It's uh has the potential to be quite a scary team right and i'm i'm still definitely on the train of train of thought that uh white and shabbat can be really strong contributors for the team this season um you know shabbat's really impressed me uh in the nhl so far this year and while white white hasn't played a game uh in the nhl for this season but i really don't see why he couldn't could, uh, he couldn't succeed in a role on say the third or fourth line on the right wing. Obviously, if Pajot is uh, on the third line center and Thompson is fourth, then I'm fine with putting him on right wing. And you know, if he's third line playing with Pajot and say Smith or Ryan Dezingle, I think he can definitely succeed there. Yeah, and with with him now healthy again and back in the AHL. And we still have guys like Rodewald up. It's, it's kind of yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing that we haven't called him up yet. Although, although yeah, um, next season um, he'll 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 already be twenty one. Um, 
he'll, he'll still be on his entry level contract. Right. And I think um, <laughs> it's really funny because Rotowald was only signed like, what, two weeks ago or something. Before that, I really don't think many people knew who Jack Rodewald was. I mean, I, I did, but like, you know, I don't think of him really as an NHL player. And there's still some people defending him saying that uh, he should be up over Colin White, which is, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. Like Rodewald isn't even getting many minutes. So I, I think once White is... Uh, once he's completely healthy and he's played maybe 10 games in the AHL or, so, or something, um, I think he should definitely be back up. And all of a sudden, like, their forward group just looks a lot deeper. And same goes for Shabbat on the defense. Yes, yeah. Um, now, I guess one thing um, I can add on to the discussion about what it means for the team now Considering how long this deal took to actually get done, do you see Dorian making any more additions to this team as the season goes along? Well, you, you see Dorian saying this a lot, and he's just always looking for a trade. He's always examining his options. Um, he's always looking to try and improve the team. I, I think he, he's still. Um, I think he's already picked up the phone again today and started calling DMs about other potential trades. And yeah, I, I think if you look at the Sens roster. Um, they didn't really address what I think was their biggest weakness with this trade, which I think is their, their forward depth. Um, some of that can be attributed to the injuries that, they're, uh, that they have right now. Although I think um, if, if this keeps up, um, especially around the trade deadline, similar to last year, requiring um, Victor Stahlberg and Tommy Wingles, I think they'll um, maybe try to go for one or two extra forwards if they're in a playoff position and uh, what can go on another deep run. Yeah, I uh, I definitely a top nine winger is on my wish list. I'm not, sh- I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident that it would happen, but I would think that Doran would go that route again, um, someone of the ilk of Victor Stahlberg. Um, you know, my dream scenario would be to get another solid defenseman like uh, Chris Tanev, who is sort of on the block. He was in the summer. I don't know if he's really in the block anymore but he signed for two and a half more seasons someone like that would be amazing um make ottawa's top four a lot better but something like that probably won't happen um it is interesting to note though that if ottawa puts clark MacArthur on ltir that opens up um what's his cap hit like 4.625 or something i want to say something along those lines yeah so 4.65 Okay, I was close, yeah. So, um, you know, that opens up a lot of money. And, you know, they don't even have to use it all, but they could use that on a winger who makes, you know, $2 million or something. Yeah, and this is a lot more minor as well, but they're still, uh, even with Hammond uh, traded, there's still that goalie logjam down in, uh, in Belleville uh, with Chris Rieger regaining health and uh, Marcus Hogberg and Danny Taylor still there. Um, right. It, it looks like they'll still need to get rid of a goalie somehow. Um, whether that's for a pick, where it's part of a, a larger deal, um, well, it, either either one can either one could happen. Although, uh, yeah, I, it, that's definitely something's going to have to uh, give there soon. You know, I I can't confirm this, but I believe I saw a tweet recently, just like an hour ago, saying that Hammond is going to be loaned uh, back to Belleville. Like he's still going to be playing there. Yeah. which is he is. Yes, that's true. Although, yeah. Although Colorado is looking to flip him, apparently. So, okay. Uh, 
Although, so I guess stay tuned to see what, what happens with that. But uh. Right. Yeah, that, that would be strange. Um, also, um, breaking news, um, Marcus Hogberg also got called up, I guess, for the just for the Sweden trip to have a third goalie. So that would yes. be uh, yeah. nice for him to make some NHL money for about a week or so. Um, yeah, that, that they have him uh, above, uh, above Danny Taylor on the depth chart as well. They're, they really see that... Uh, um, they really see the potential in him. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited about him, too. Um, he hasn't had exactly the greatest start in the AHL, but um, he's pretty much, you know, their best shot at um, another homegrown goaltender once Craig Anderson's gone. So another interesting part about the trade was the fact that Nashville wouldn't do it, wouldn't do this three-way trade if Turris wasn't immediately signed. Um, so they signed him to a six-year deal with a cap of $6 million. Um, what do you make of the Senators and Terrace not being able to come to terms? Um, I find it a bit interesting. I think um, I, I think the rumors are true that um, Ottawa just wasn't offering enough term. Um, you look at the six-by-six six deal, six years, um, Terrace will be 35 in that expires. Like So it does seem a bit long, although... Uh, when you look at what, what Turris has done and, and what he can provide as, as a solid uh, top six centerman, um, I, I think it, it's, 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 about, it's about fair value for, for what you'd expect from, from a guy like Kyle Turris. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, I think I predicted around $6 million. Um, the only thing is, I'm not sure, and people also pointed, out, pointed this out to me on Twitter, um, perhaps that number would have to be higher in Ottawa because of things like taxes. So who knows? Yes. Yeah. Um, also, both sides had said that six years was never on the table, um, which is kind of strange. Like Ottawa had offered five and Turris and his agent had wanted seven or eight, but they never could settle on six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess if you look at the, the, the contract scenario, I guess maybe Dorian learned from, from the Ryan extension. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, um, six years definitely is a lot, although, uh, if it, if it is to, to sign, yeah, it, it does seem like fair, fair value for a top six center. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. I gotta say, I like it, it's, if Dorian felt like a deal wasn't going to get done, then good on him for maximizing his assets. Right. Like, um, I believe Ian Mendez in his story yesterday said that, if Turris had pretty much said if he wasn't signed by the beginning of the season or by training camp, then that's not a really good situation because he didn't want that lingering um, while he was playing. So I guess the fact that he wasn't signed by you know end of September, the writing was kind of already on the wall. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like... Dorian noticed that, and he didn't want to lose Torres for nothing, and he got Matt Duchesne for it. So if you want to look at it like that, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now we can't trust whenever uh, Dorian says someone has the flu. Exactly. Yeah. That. There's no way that's true, right? Like, there's no way he actually yeah, had the flu. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cody, Cece comes with, Cody Cece comes down with the flu next week. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Gets the flu in Sweden. Man. <laughs> Um, okay, so to finish off the episode, simply put, how will you remember Kyle Turris as an Ottawa Senator? 
I mentioned this briefly in the Silver 7 comments, but probably my, my favorite live game that I've ever been to was, uh, I haven't been to many, but it was when we were playing Washington during the Hamburger run. Yeah, and, I know what you're uh, going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Calum included this goal in his, uh, in his top, 10, top 10 goals video yeah. earlier today. But uh, yeah, when uh, Turris came down on the breakaway with that rush and just put it five-hole on Braden Hopi, um, that, that's, that, that's the loudest I've seen in CTC, personally. And uh, yeah, I, I'll always remember Turris for that moment, but you also just look at the impact he had on the city. And um, you see the, the interviews, uh, recent interviews with uh, the capital city Condors, and just the incredible impact that he had on the kids there. Um, yeah, he's just an incredible, um, incredible person, uh, incredible player. Um, he's done so much for Ottawa. Yeah, um, he, he's honestly had so many really memorable memorable goals. Um, I, I was trying to think of specific ones, and I think the most obvious one was the overtime goal against the Rangers in 2012, um, the yes. one with the drop pass from Jim O'Brien. But then I was also remembering, oh yeah, he also scored this uh, these past playoffs against the Rangers in Game Five, so um, those are two huge goals right there. Um, yeah, yeah, three playoff overtime goals is the. Record oh, what was the other one? Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to recall. Uh, oh, was it like... Montreal? Maybe. Uh, Could this be. This is some good podcasting. <laughs> are you looking it up? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, against Montreal in 2013. Okay. I don't... Oh, it was the one... Yeah, Budai had come in for Price because he was hurt, and it was like a flutter shot. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Huh. And Yeah, he also had the... Um, he didn't score it. Stone scored it, but it was that, that dangle goal against Carolina. Um, yes. Callum also had that one in his top 10. That was just... That was during the Hamler, Hamburglar run as well, and... Oh, I just remember going nuts at that. Um, but um, yeah, for, yeah sure. it, for me at least, like I think just because I live in Vancouver and he was from Burnaby, I, I literally just liked him because oh. of that. And also, um, he, he wears the same number as I do when I when I played hockey. So I don't know. I just always had that sort of connection. And yeah, like he was, he was so underpaid, well, and still is this season. Um, for his entirety as an Ottawa Senator. So, like, seriously, him making only $3.5 million, um, made them able to afford years. other guys, even though they weren't going all the way to the cap. But, you know, Brian Murray, definitely one of his best trades ever, getting Kyle Torres for David Runblad, and they end up yeah. turning that into Matt Duchesne. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, um... Any other thoughts on the trade? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, we could honestly probably go on for hours about this trade. I know I could. Um, yes. Is there anything you want to plug before we sign off, though? Um, you can find my articles at Silver7. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at CudmoreColin. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Colin. All right, thank you. As I wrap it up, reminder that you can find the Cost Per Pointcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and you can rate and review in those places as well, which really helps out the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS and read my articles at Silver7Cents. If there's anything you'd like to see in the future for the podcast, let me know online. I'm always open for suggestions. 
That's all for me. Adios.